Welcome to the Half Company Podcast, a podcast that bridges the gap between artists and their community. I'm grateful to share conversations with Half Company artists and residents, friends, and a little bit of my own thoughts on creating work and finding balance. Hey, Half Company Podcast listeners, Marley here. We would love it if you could take a minute to answer our five-question survey. We want to hear from our listeners to learn more about how you listen and what you're interested in hearing more of so that we can continue to improve our output. You can find this quick little survey next to this podcast episode at have-company.com podcast. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Hello, welcome to the Have Company podcast. This is Marley with Taylor. McVeigh, mm-hmm. right? Did I say it right? That's right. I always, I, see, I gotta stay true. Gotta believe in myself. <laughs> Day one, I gotta yes. believe in myself. Um, Taylor is, um, <laughs> sorry, I just laughed because I was already thinking about how the day that I was like, your yeah. name is Taylor, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so Taylor makes um, incredible sewing patterns, and she's been here uh, as the resident all week, and I was just laughing because oftentimes I, you know, I don't meet a resident before they come and we're just emailing and we usually don't even talk on the phone first, although we did talk on the phone. We did. Yeah. But (laughs) maybe I said your name then, but all of a sudden we were like in the car and I referred to her as Taylor and then I was like, wait, that's your name, right? Because I realized I hadn't like heard it out loud. Um, anyways, Taylor, tell us, who are you? Give us your, um, your, your elevator pitch. So I've been actually working on my elevator pitch oh. because for whatever no because for whatever reason I have a really hard time when people ask me what I do outside of like a sewing context when right. people are like so what do you you know what do you do if I'm like at right. a dinner party or like right. at a work thing for someone right. um, and I always am like well like I do this and I do this and I'm always trying to figure out like a really succinct way to put it yes so what I've started saying oh, is that I teach people how to make clothes oh. I make clothes and I teach people how to make clothes and oh I feel gosh. like that wraps it up in a really nice way yes but also kind of leaves it open to be like anything right because then you can s- spill in like and then I have this like line of patterns, patterns yeah. and um So, uh, let's talk a little bit about the history of making clothes in your life. Like, when did that start for you? Were you a little person? Were you a medium person? I was definitely a little person. You were a little person. Tell us, tell us about being a little person and learning to sew. (laughs) I've always been a very hands-on person Mm -hmm. and I always made stuff as a kid. I was a pretty quiet kid Mm -hmm. and spent a lot of time by myself Mm -hmm. and as a result spent a lot of time just making things and was encouraged to make stuff a lot by my parents who were very cool and Mm -hmm. encouraging of the arts because they're both artists in their own right. Mm -hmm. And um, And where where, where did you grow up? I grew up in Topanga Canyon (laughs) in California. Fancy, fancy. Which was very different when I was growing up than it is now. Sure. Which has been so funny to like see how it's evolved. Right. When I grew up in Topanga, it was like a weird hippie, like little space somehow in Los Angeles. But um, anyway, I I always was very hands-on and I made a lot of stuff and I made little doll clothes and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I think I was about 13 when I started actually making clothes for myself. Um, And... Part of it was just wanting to have that hands-on thing and not finding, like, not being particularly interested in, 
like what I could find, you know, going to the mall mm-hmm. and I was kind of turned off by that and mm-hmm. I was kind of a weird kid so I had a lot of things I needed to express that weren't <laughs> coming across with like mall shopping. Right. Um, so I remember, I think the first thing I really remember making was we were going to a party, like a family holiday party or something and I made a dress out of scarves. There was this really cool vintage store in the town that I grew up in and I used to just go, my mom brought me there from the time I was like three years old. Mm-hmm. And so I'd just go collect like vintage silk scarves and I made myself a dress. And I think I still have that dress somewhere. Whoa. But it was, it was kind of sophisticated for like yeah. a old <laughs> And then there was a lull. I've always done art stuff too, but there was definitely a sewing. No, I actually, no, there was not a sewing lull, I think, ever. I mm. think since I made that dress, I've pretty much been sewing Full blast. ever since. Full yeah steam ahead yeah but there was a lot of art and there still is a lot of art that kind of took the main stage but I've always sewed Mm -hmm. and and you also kind of have a passion for like alteration Mm -hmm. and I love we had our uh, clothing swap here that you hosted and uh you had this beautiful offering of like having the sewing machine out and wanting to show other people like this is how you can alter your clothes and you've done that at other events what has that been like to kind of empower people and show them you know this this piece of clothing isn't wasted like yeah. we can we can change it up so i have always like refashioned stuff when mm-hmm. you know like i said i was always I wasn't just going to the fabric store and buying tons of stuff. I was, like, taking my mom's old shirt and, like, a weird dress that I found and, like, some rope that came from somewhere and, Uh like, making an outfit out of it. Uh And I've always really appreciated that. And as I got older and got more, you know, started thinking more about, like, you know, the concentric circles radiating out from yourself and, like, how does this connect to the world? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started thinking about, like, oh, there's, like, way too much clothes, and why is this so cheap, and, like, how can I reuse this, and where does it go when people are done with it? So I love encouraging activities where people recycle stuff. Mm -hmm. I've always been really into using recycled fabric and, you know, doing refashion stuff. And so when I do these um, workshops, and I've done a couple different kinds, um, I'm always really interested in two things – One, how excited people get about sharing clothing. Mm -hmm. I feel like, especially in the more of like the boom of capitalism in Mm -hmm. the world, people are really into like buying stuff and shopping. Like if you think about like haul vlogs, if you've ever heard of that before, it's basically Mm -hmm. people make videos of what they bought at a store, like Forever 21. There are videos where people are like, I bought this and I bought this and I spent like X amount of dollars. Wow. So anyway, there's a whole culture of that, which I think people are starting to get hip to. (laughs) Right, right. And maybe shift their thinking. But Mm -hmm. um, anyway, I'm always really impressed and it always makes me really happy when people come to these clothing swaps or these recycling talks or Mm -hmm. workshops and they're so pumped about other people's old clothes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yes. it's just, and it's almost just as, it's like even cooler than going shopping. Like Absolutely. it's weirder. There's more interesting stuff and it like doesn't always fit. And there's like weird stains and holes. But right. I think, I think there's something palpable about the history in the clothing yes. that people connect to. Yeah. And there's something about like finding it. It's like a treasure hunt. Yeah. You well, know? especially when the fit mm-hmm. is so right. Yeah. And yeah. Liz, Hurdle, who's a regular at, at Knit Night and at different events here, she 
tried on these floral oh like high waisted pants. pants, and she's a she's a tall girl. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know I know it's something we talked about. Yeah. It's like not always easy to find stuff that like fits the way she wants, and she slipped those perfect. things on, and it was like. We both just looked at yeah. each other. And she had just, we had both just been talking about how we really want it to be the summer of the crop top. Yeah. And she was like, this is perfect. Because they were like high waisted. Yeah, they're high waisted. She had like a whole outfit by the end of the <laughs> yeah. night. She'd like swapped out all of her clothes she came in wearing and was wearing a whole yeah. new outfit. Yeah. Um, it was pretty cool. And I loved combining it with the potluck. I mean, having food yeah. and sharing food and. I like making anything into a potluck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I tend to do that. <laughs> I feel like whenever I have like house shows or yeah. just random it's always involved. like, uh, okay, it starts at eight. Yeah. Okay, potluck at seven. Yeah, <laughs> it's a sharing. It. It's like a sharing thing. I feel like it makes it, and then people can kind of sit and socialize and get to know each other, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. especially when you have a clothing swap or something where like people don't know each other beforehand. Right, right. Um, and having the sewing machine and everything set up, um, it, you know, it kind of adds this. So I've done these workshops where I do alterations, mm-hmm. and people like at craft. fairs or like you know at at, for as part of a workshop but you know people come in and they're like okay here's my thing I need it altered I'm like great let's do it and they're like what I'm like yeah you're gonna do it I'm just gonna show you how to do it people kind of freak out a little bit yeah (laughs) and then like seriously 99.9% of the time people Uh are like I don't know how to sew this is really scary right and then they're like I want to do this and seriously I sit them down. I'm like, here's how this works. Uh-huh. You're going to do, I just tell them just what to do. Uh-huh. And by the end of it, they're like, oh my gosh, I made yeah. this thing. It's so yeah. cool. Yeah. It's always like, I love that. And it makes yeah. me really happy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's my, one of my favorite parts of running this space mm-hmm. is watching somebody like make their first sweater yeah. or, you know, make, you know, we had a, I remember it was a couple of years ago, um, Allie Reed taught an embroidery workshop. And mm-hmm. I remember like everybody in the circle was like, this is not going to look good. Like, I'm not going to do a good job. And at the end, it was like everyone had made, like, a masterpiece. It was incredible. And then everyone's like, oh, my gosh, look what I can do. That's so cool. And, yeah, that's better than all the things. Yeah, it's cool. And it's, like, it's so easy. And I think a lot of people have a desire for it, too, because Mm -hmm, they're like, mm -hmm. you know, I buy these clothes, and they don't fit right. I was just talking to someone five minutes before we came down here, and she's like, oh, yeah, I alter all my clothes because clothing never fits, you know, it never fits me. And I think most clothing never fits anybody, you know. We could get, I feel like, like, there's a whole big conversation about sizing standards and how that got set up that is, like, kind of a conversation for another time. Right. But, um, but basically, you know, a lot of people, pretty much everyone, I don't know if I've even met anyone who was a straight size anything. Right, um, right. But it's so empowering being able to alter stuff because suddenly it goes from, like, clothes never fit you and you always feel weird in clothes. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you just, you've never noticed that you feel weird until you start kind of playing around with yes, it. Yes, yeah. Even more than just the having a creative outlet yeah, part. Yeah. yeah, I think the first, especially the first sweater I ever knit, mm-hmm. For myself, I remember trying it on and just being like, this is wild. Like, I've never had a sweater fit this well, like how I really wanted it to. Mm -hmm. And I want to get, I mean, I think that it's funny because making a sweater was intimidating. And then I made one and I was like, oh, I can do this. Yeah. But then I love looking at the way people alter patterns, Mm -hmm. which that feels really scary to me. But Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, if making the sweater was scary, Mm -hmm. then I'm sure altering a pattern I could figure. You can always, that's the thing, is, like, you can always figure it out. Mm-hmm. And when people are, like, I was actually, I was just talking to Sarah about this when we were having a little 
we were hanging out and sewing before uh-huh. before oh, we nice. got together. But um, just talking about like you know problem solving, it's like mm-hmm. a problem solving thing. Yeah, and as long as you have sort of the intuition to problem solve the technique stuff, like the sewing technique stuff, like anybody can learn that. Like there's nothing, you don't need anything special to be able to learn that, you know? So it's just like, yeah, it's sort of just being like, okay, here's this problem. I have my pants are too long. Like, how do I do this? And being okay with like the results are not perfect or I'm going to do it differently the next time. Um, so you live in Western Massachusetts now. I live no. in no. Live, <laughs> I no, live in southeastern. You live in southeastern Massachusetts, <laughs> but you okay. did live in Western Massachusetts. Nope, nope. But never. Western Massachusetts is really cool, and I would like <laughs> to live there. It's okay. I've spent time there. <laughs> so southeastern Massachusetts, yes, in a in a rural area. It's kind of Massachusetts is weird because around the Boston area, there's uh-huh. like these suburbs. Is Boston in Western Massachusetts? It's an, it's on the East Coast. It's gosh, all the way to the east. Gosh. You never ask me to look at a map. It's terrifying. Okay, <laughs> it's okay. I just, I only know where Michigan is. Because it sticks up. Yeah. Michigan sticks well, up, Well, I have so the hand easy. reference. Yeah, you got it. And I didn't know where the lake was, so that's like, that's I didn't look at a map either. Okay, So great, it's okay. Great. Don't feel bad. I, no, I don't. Although I love maps, so I should have looked at one. Yeah. Um, okay. So, <laughs> so, ahem, so anyway, yes. So I... Massachusetts? Yeah, so I live in a little town. It's like halfway in between Providence and Boston. Okay. Right near Rhode Island. Okay. Um... So Massachusetts is weird because the suburbs around Boston mm-hmm. are like towns because mm-hmm. they're these they they're these towns that have been around for a really long time. Sure. Like my town's kind of new when I think it was incorporated in like the 1800s at right, some point, right? Right. Right. So, um, but they're all like they feel like small towns. Like uh-huh. there could be nothing around them. Mm-hmm. But I'm also like 15 minutes from the Patriots football stadium and a 40 minute drive from Boston and like sure. a giant outlet mall. Sure. So like my town feels like a little small town. We like can't see our neighbors. There's like nothing in the town center except for like a Walgreens and the library. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, although they put in a new coffee shop last year, which was pretty oh, nice. exciting. And um, what brought you there? So we had been living in Boston. I'd been living in Boston for about 10 years. We is you live with your partner, Jordan. Yes. Who you married in a performance art (laughs) ceremony, which I'm going to go there in this podcast episode. You knew each other for six months. Okay. (laughs) You hear that world? Yeah. And then you, in a performance in Las Vegas, married each other. Yes, that's, that is true. And you went together for six years. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's, my, it's, it's one of my favorite love stories. One of the like, best things I've ever Eat that, done. the notebook. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, take that, Ryan Gosling. <laughs> we don't need you and your fake love story. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. that's all. It was kind of wild, and but I'm really glad that we did it. Mm-hmm. I think we both sort of knew intuitively, even though it was like kind of crazy at the time. Yeah. And we have a really happy life together that is yeah. cool. So. Okay, anyways, yeah. back, to, back to the story. So <laughs> you and Jordan again. were somewhere else. So we were living in Boston. I'd been living in Boston for about 10 years okay. in the same really, really, really awesome neighborhood called Jamaica Plain that I have to give a shout out because mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. And I still teach there, so I go oh, there cool. all the time. Um, and uh, we were just like, both of us kind of grew up like in more like Jordan kind of on and off in the city and then Mm -hmm. also in more rural places at the same time. Sure. So 
we were both kind of like wanting to be like in nature Mm -hmm. and we have animals and we wanted them to have space and we wanted to have a garden and we just wanted to have like our own little zone. And at first I was really scared of moving out of the city just because it's so walkable and there's like, you can have this whole social life. You can get out of your house. And now it's more of like, we're in a space where we have our place and it's kind of like, there's not very much that's immediately mm-hmm, accessible. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I feel so calm and so content being, like, surrounded by trees and, like, beautiful flowers and bugs yeah. and animals yeah. and all kinds of incredible things. Yeah. And I have a really awesome studio that I probably couldn't have if I was in the city, so that makes it a nice. nice too. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, I think. I mean, I love talking to people about, you know, why they choose to live where they live. Mm-hmm. I think especially as someone who currently lives in the you know I live in the place that I grew up and um uh, yeah I mean I think a big question or thing is you know rent and cost of living and what kind of space do I want you know what is my priority is it access to being able to walk to a grocery store Mm -hmm. is it having a studio that's the size I want is it a job that I have you know I think there's so many factors that play into it um yeah, it can be hard, not hard, but it's it's a balancing act a little. Because yeah. there's definitely things that I miss about being in a city and being mm-hmm. like really in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like it's a tra- it's always a trade off. I mean, it's so many things in life are just they're like trade offs, and you just right. sort of and some and you do something different. Like I did city for ten years, and then maybe we'll right. do country, and then maybe we'll move right. into the city and live in like an apartment building right. or something. Right. Who knows? So you have your studio there, and then you have this your little business, your little yeah pattern sewing pattern business. Yeah. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you know the transition from just sewing and altering mm-hmm. to being like, okay, I want to design. I want to not just design for myself, but mm-hmm. have, give other people access to that. How did that all come about? So. Two things. One, I've always dabbled in clothing design mm-hmm. and thought about going into fashion a different mm-hmm. and like I'm going to do a line and blah blah blah, but I'm so like sort of ideologically opposed to that whole system. Sure. And so like the idea of making multiples and there's waste and like right. where is it being manufactured right. and the consumption of the whole thing and so even though I had the desire artistically to create clothing, I never really the idea of being a fashion designer, like, nev- like the bu- it just never connected. Right, I was like, right. this, w- I'm not interested in this. Right. And at some point, about five or six years ago, I started teaching sewing, mm-hmm. um, just because a shop moved into my town. My I love J.P. Knit and Stitches. My it's in Boston and Jamaica Plain, and, nice. and they moved into town, and I was so happy to have a fabric and yarn store in my cool. town. I was like, I should go like try to teach there, and so I started teaching there, and I. It was it was an interesting process of like learning how to be a teacher, but I come from a family of teachers, sure. And I it it it's I love doing it. It's like the most energizing. I love all my students. I feel so energized and excited by them. Wow, it makes awesome. me so happy. Yeah. Um. And I just like so I'm like okay, I'm just gonna teach sewing. Like that's really awesome. I'm gonna stop right. working retail. I was working retail, although I worked in the sh- in that shop for a while. Sure. And that was really lovely, cool. but. Um, you know, I did retail forever just yeah. for, for work and yeah. I'm like, I'm just going to, I'm going to do the, I'm going to do the teaching thing. Mm-hmm. And it, it's been, I teach in several places and I, I've taught, it's done workshops at schools and stuff mm-hmm. too. And 
I just, I really like teaching people how to sew. Like, cause I love sewing and I feel like it's so empowering. And yeah. there's so many people who with all the technology and everything are so disconnected from hands on yeah. and being creative. And I think everyone's creative. Like I, I've right. met people like I'm not creative and I think that's right. total BS. Cause right. you're creative and maybe you're creative about like how you organize your pantry. Totally. Right. Like that's a real thing. Right. So, um, you know, I just, I got really into teaching and I just still really love teaching. But at the same time, there was still this part of me that, like, was an artist and wanted to be creating my own thing, right? Because when you teach, it's like, I remember I was going to apply for a teaching job and they're like, your artist portfolio. And I'm like, I don't have any work to show you because I just help other people make things. Right, right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I was thinking, you know, like, I want to design stuff and... Uh, so I thought, you know, like as sort of a teaching extension of a teaching tool, like I would like to make so, and I also, I like product development and I like objects. I've made books and zines and things Mm -hmm. like that. And so the idea of a pattern was really appealing to me. Um, so yeah, so I just started kind of coming up with a concept and, you know, planning a little bit and working on designs and it's just been kind of a slow and organic growing process from there. And how many patterns do you have? Right now, now? if you don't count my, like, giveaway free one, which is Uh just a bag, I have four. Cool. Yeah. And you just released one right before you came here. Yes, I planned it so that I would release it and then get on a plane the next day so I couldn't, like, stress about it because I wouldn't be able to do anything. Right, it just exists. (laughs) It's just like, there it is. It's out in the world. And it kind of, it's um, like a geometric, geodesic kind of, inspired sweatshirt yeah 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 and it kind of combines this kind of newer you've been getting into quilting and like Mm -hmm. patchwork and oh yeah and that kind of stuff which has been cool to watch and so yeah tell us a little bit about this new this new design so I it's really funny because I think with the exception of my first design which is cabin which Mm -hmm. is the like Mm -hmm. shift dress Mm -hmm. I've been gravitating towards this kind of like I said, I come from kind of a scrappy, make-do-with-what-you-have background, so I sure. love patterns where I can, like, use, like, the random three-quarter yes. yard cuts that I buy, yep. you know, because right. I don't want to buy more than that if I'm out in the world right. or whatever. Um, so A-frame was, like, a good kind of color-blocking thing. The next pattern I did, Saltbox, was also kind of designed to use small pieces. And the geodesic top... I had been conceptualizing since I started my pattern company because cool. I just really wanted something inspired by a geodesic dome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just thought that there needed to be a garment something. that existed. Right, right. But it took me so long to get it to be an actual like wearable thing that also made sense logistically. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I just so the whole patchwork thing. I've been getting in the last year really, really into patchwork, mm-hmm. and I'd say quilting, but like to be honest, I've only quilted like one thing. Sure. I just do the patchwork, right, right. And I, like never quilt anything. Yeah. So, because it's like one, it's using scraps, which I love. Right. Two, it's like an art form, and I haven't been making any two D mm-hmm. art, and it's such a nice way for me to make fiber art that's functional because mm-hmm. it's really hard for me to make things that aren't functional. Know, me too. Yeah. And, um, and I can like use up scraps and I can give things away and I can trade and it doesn't have to fit. And it has nothing to do with my like quote unquote day job, which is right. clothing related. Right. So I can just like, cause it's really hard to have your hobby be what you do for work also, which I'm sure yes, you understand. I understand. I understand. So, <laughs> so like when I want to chill or like work on my own project and get my mind off work, it's like, 
okay, I can sew close. Like, I want to sew, but it's like, right. mm, like I don't know if I want to sew clothes right now. But I knit a lot, so that's one thing. But, um, but man, quilting is awesome because it's just like you use up all these things and you can go really crazy with it. And I mostly just do like improv quilting yeah. because I, I mean, I can't follow a recipe. I make patterns, but I almost always alter them. Um, right. I just love the idea of experimenting with scraps. I used to do a lot of collage, actually. I huh. hadn't made this connection until just right now yeah. when we were talking. In college, I did fiber art, some performance art, some video, but I did a ton of collage. Cool. And I guess, like, it's kind of like fabric collage a little bit. Oh, yeah. So, so, yeah, so gradually my patterns, I'm bringing it back around. Right. I'm bringing it back right. around. Right, right, right. <laughs> So... So gradually, I feel like my patterns... Wait, have... can I take a pause? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like, though, something that I've been thinking about, because I... This... We're really tracking back a okay, little bit. Okay, that's but okay. But it's like, back to the elevator pitch, you know, when somebody asks me what I do, yeah. I, you know, I get really caught up, and yeah. I, I'll be like, well, I run this space that, you know, it's a store, but it's an artist residency, but I'm also a dancer, and I make performance work, but uh -huh. I also make mixtapes, I yeah. make zines, and I, <laughs> and, and I quilt, too, and yeah. I knit all the time, and yeah. like, I'm a person, I'm just a person. <laughs> You know, it, like, gets overwhelming, but I think the, like, scrappy nature in some ways is the, oh, gosh, not to, um, no pun intended, but, like, the thread that yeah. runs through all of it. Nice. Because it's, like, same, like, making collages, mixtapes. You're, like, drawing from all, if you're not, you can't see me, people who are listening, but I'm, like... <laughs> Moving, doing a little just, grabbing. You're just gesticulating I'm, with I'm, hands, yeah, like, all I'm over grabbing all over the air. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I was just thinking about that, that, like, that is, I think, kind of that, from that, like, DIY scene and punk perspective, it's yeah, like you're totally. just grabbing all the loose totally. ends or something. I suppose it won't surprise, like, I won't surprise people to f know that, like, I was super punk in high right, school. That right, was, like, right. where I identified right, with people. Right. And and I still loved the music. Like, yeah, yeah. I, it was funny, like, hanging out and working in the uh -huh. shop and just, like, people coming in and uh -huh. I've got this, like, really, like, gnarly stuff on. I'm like, yeah, should yeah. I, like, change it right. to something more, like, I don't know, like, a little smoother, yeah, indie, yeah, yeah. you know? But, um... But that spirit, that kind of, like, DIY yeah, spirit, I yeah. feel like, even though I'm trying to be a grown-up, is, yeah. like, really hard right. for me to shake. Right. And you play drums. <laughs> yeah. The founding member of the band Quilt. Yeah. <laughs> Great name. Still Thanks. a band. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's funny that I I, yeah. I, I I rarely make that connection, but I was in a band called Quilt. Right. It makes me really happy. <laughs> okay. Back to the yeah. story here. Yeah. Um, so what was... We your were, pattern. You're I was like, coming I, back to... Oh, yeah. Geo, yeah. So, yeah, I think my patterns have been slowly gravitating towards more patchworky things just because yes. that's what yeah. I've been yeah. kind of working on. Yeah. Okay, so then the project that you did while you were here, and I love the, um, I mean, I love what all residents do, and they, oh, and, you know, there's always a, some are, like, here and they just, you know, they're maybe working on something that will not, will not be finished here. So yeah. it's it's a mix. Like, some residents come with a specific idea of a project they want to, begin and be, begin do and finish while they're here some just want to begin a project some are just their nine days is them working on the middle of one it's always mm -hmm. really interesting to see where everybody is in their process practice, yeah. but I love that you completed something while you were here that is super tangible and I love zines and I love sewing um so tell us a little bit about your prairie skirt zine awesome. So I very intentionally wanted to work on so I'm really I'm very 
site specific as a person, mm-hmm. yeah. like as a human. Yeah. When I travel, I'm really interested in, in like figuring out what the local culture is, communicating with people, absorbing it, observing. Yeah. And so, you know, for a residency, of course, it's like I'm making a site specific work. That's like just by, right. that's it. Like right. there's no that's just how it is. Right. And so, I know that there's like there's a lot of um, Frank Lloyd Wright buildings in the Midwest mm-hmm. and like in this area. And I was looking up the neighborhood and I saw that there was a really famous Frank Lloyd Wright building mm-hmm. that you could go tour for mm-hmm. free. Mm-hmm. Anyone in Grand Rapids and future residents, yeah. if you've never been there, you should totally go. Yeah. Um, and I thought like, man, I should go check it out. And I want to make a pattern that's inspired by it. And I was like, I want to, like, push myself to just go into really focused mode. Because I multitask in my life. Right. It's really hard. Like, I try to stay really focused and manage my time. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the way I treated this residency, right? Yeah. yeah sorry, <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> no, sounds cool. it's, it's a challenge for, yeah. for all of us. Yeah. Um, I thought of this residency as kind of being, like, a really specific opportunity to just dive into a project and just complete it and just have that, that be that autonomous space, right? Yeah. Um, so I went to tour the house. It was pouring rain, but it was very important to me. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, the house is Which amazing. led me to buy an umbrella. You did buy an umbrella. It was, it's yeah. a lovely yeah. umbrella. Yeah. Um, future residents, take note, there is an yeah. umbrella. Um, <laughs> so, Past residents, my apologies. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so I went and checked it out, and I was particularly interested in the stained glass because, for me, it's like I look at the stained glass windows, I'm like, quilts. Like, it just immediately yeah. reads yes. patchwork to me. And, and did you see the stained glass quilt square upstairs that Sarah Strickland yes, made? Yes, I did. Yeah, that is resident? awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. That was beautiful. Yeah. Um, it would be cool to learn how to do stained glass at yeah. some point. Hear that, Sarah? Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um... So, yeah, so I was like, I want to make this thing, and I want to make this pattern and do a class on it and get, you know, get the really site-specific thing going. So I took lots of pictures of the windows, and I kind of developed some little patchwork motifs based on the the windows of the house. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, you know, I have made zines most of my life. I actually, I met my partner because I asked him to write for a zine that I was working on, like, that was my pickup line, was oh, like, nice. hey, will you submit something for the zine I'm working on <laughs> yeah, about critical that. theory and love art? That. And he was like, that. okay. Um, Mine's usually like, do you want to make music for my dance practice? <laughs> that's a good one, yeah, too. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and, and I, actually do, I actually do a lot of zines and books projects with the fiber collective that i'm a part of which oh, cool. is called the new craft artists in Action. yes so cool <laughs> so okay we can talk about that too okay, we'll talk so, about <laughs> so my gosh i'm freaking out i have so many ideas okay keep so going. um so yeah anyway so but i every time i make a zine for those kinds of projects i'm like i love this why don't i do it more yeah because with the pattern company i'm so focused on making like a product that's really polished which is right. important to me yeah yeah i totally. feel like Product development and user-friendliness is really key for me, and not even from a marketing perspective, just from, like, a making people's lives better perspective. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And I like the idea of, like, a polished, like, nice thing that feels professional, because it's right. really nice to feel professional, but also, like, the punk rock teenager in me is like, I want to make a zine, right. you know, because yeah. I love that, and I right. love, it's it's a different, it's more approachable, and it's more relaxed, and yeah. you don't, there's less pretense, you know, I definitely less... felt really unintimidated when I picked it up. Cool, that's 
good. I was like, oh, I can fucking make this. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And I usually see things, especially with elastic, and I'm like, nope. (laughs) Impossible. (laughs) Cannot understand. Will not make. Yeah, (laughs) does not come here. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Or like gathered. I've never made something like gathered, or like, I've never made anything with elastic. And for some reason, because it was in the zine, I was like, I can make. If if she made a zine, I can make something (laughs) with elastic. I'm, I want to think of it as, like, kind of like a gateway sewing project. Like, that's how I'm kind of thinking about gateway it. Gateway drug yeah, skirt, yeah. To, to sewing, to, Perfect. like, the best drug, Perfect. which is sewing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I love, draw, like, I hand draw, I love drawing, like, diagrams. Yes, yes. They're and great. I love, like, you know, doing that stuff and writing instructions and telling stories. And so, a zine's a great thing because I just, like, typed it up on the typewriter and did a bunch of drawings and then just photocopied it. Yeah. And... You know, it's, like, more accessible, it's, like, a lower price point. Yeah. It's kind of, like, if people are, like, mm, like, I don't know if I want to get this whole pattern, it's, like, oh, I can just do this project. Right. I didn't even, I forgot, I think I called it, like, a step-by-step pattern or a pattern zine or something. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm really pleased with how it turned out. It's beautiful. I'm really excited about it. Well, and I think it's great, like you said, when, and I think that, again, that's part of why I love, I do love books about herbs and mental health, but I think sometimes just carrying zines about them mm. feels less scary to yeah, people totally. who are, it's new to them. it's like and eight pages, yeah, you can totally right, right. absorb that. Exactly. I and they're like, completely. oh, I can, I can figure this whole herbal medicine thing out. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's not quite as um, intimidating. So what do you do when you get back? You go back tomorrow. So I go back tomorrow. What's kind of your next... Project I have or a really, thing or... I have a really busy, like kind of. Cr- I feel like very cool saying this because, of course, yeah. like I'm gonna do all this stuff and then right. I'll have like three months where I do nothing. But right. <laughs> when I get back, I on Friday night I'm on a panel about textile businesses in New England, which Whoa, is really cool. A friend sweet. of mine who's an awesome yarn dyer, uh-huh. um, put it together. Where is that at? I oh shoot I don't know. It's okay. This won't air in time to promote it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry guys. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just wondering. It's just... in like a conference okay, place or cool. something. I can't remember. It's a it's a I should know but I can't I know, remember. It's, it's okay. um, That's great though. It's somewhere in downtown Boston. Oh cool. Um, and then on Saturday I have an art opening for a show called Countercraft at the Fuller Craft Museum that I'm in with my fiber collective that I'm a part of. Yes, fiber collective. Um, which is called the New Craft Artists in Action. So that's on Saturday. And during the day, my friend who's... Also in- known as the NCAA. Yes, also known as right. the NCAA, which, which is a very so intentional acronym. for the book. Because it's sports right. and, and fiber right. arts. Right. Um, and then during the day, a friend of mine who's in farm school is bringing a fleece that we're going to try to wash and maybe okay. spin. So, so you're basically big, just having the best week here. I life. hope so, man. It'll be great. <laughs> She's bringing her dog, who I love, who I took care of for like a half a year. I love and, it. So it sounds really exciting, um, and hopefully I can I won't crash when I get back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, just keep drinking that decaf, you know. I know, I know. Maybe spike it with just a little calf, tiny, tiny know, bit of calf. Tiny calf I there. Don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like just even getting the cap, the residual caffeine in the yeah. coffee maker. Yeah, was enough. You got that. It's funny. Yeah. yeah. Or you know, try some jumping jacks. I've I do heard love through doing the grapevine that exercise actually gives you energy. Yeah. I don't know if you yeah. want to try that. No, I do. I actually I actually am very into exercise. You did some jogging. Yeah. Did you do some running? Yes. You did while you were here. Yeah, How was I that? did. It was awesome. I love running for two reasons. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and actually, it's really hard, and, like, I always yeah. am like, I don't want to do it, and no, then when I'm, I'm done right. doing it, I feel really good. Right. Like, every single time. Right. Right. And I'm not very good, and I don't go yeah, fast, I've and actually, I don't run I've very definitely far. Ne- I, I don't <laughs> run much ever, but when I do, I've, I've never gone on a run, and afterwards, same with yoga. I've yeah. never, like, exercised, and afterwards been like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. <laughs> that was... A waste of time. I'm usually like, I'm so high on endorphins. Yeah. I can do anything yeah, now. Yeah, you know, yeah. never have I been like that. I really shouldn't have gone to that yoga class. It was just uh-huh. totally <laughs> worthless. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty into running for two reasons. And, and in a city, it's great because, so like, I basically like learned where I was by just going for a right. run in the morning right. and like kind of finding my way back. Cool. And so then I, like, kind of knew where things were, and yeah. I would kind of scout, like, oh, I want to yeah. go check that out yeah. later. Yeah. So it's a brilliant way to see a city cool. if you've never been somewhere before. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like, ran down by the river, which was really cool. Nice. Um, and then the other thing is, like, it's such a just, like, self-care mental health thing yeah. for me. Yeah. Because I have a lot of stuff that I work with, and... That is one of the practices that I feel like really balances me and is yeah. super important for my life. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, so that's, so it's good. Exercise is really, but yeah, jumping yeah. jacks are jumping good jacks, for like yeah. getting. So just a like, quick, just a quick, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, like today I got out of bed at seven and I just uh-huh. went for a run instead yeah. of like eating or drinking coffee yeah. or anything. Yeah. And I was like pumped when I got back. Yeah. That's awesome. It's a good thing. Um, so tell us a little bit about the NCAA. So I, so a couple, when was it? Oh my gosh. It was like 2009. Uh-huh. I can't remember. Yeah. I have a friend who is an amazing artist named Maria Maltini. And she had, did this project where she was creating basketball nets that were knit and crocheted. And she had a show when she invited me to come teach some crochet stuff at the show. And then our other friend, Andrea, came and was teaching some knitting. And then we decided that we wanted to kind of continue the project and we formed the collective. And now the collective has like tons of members that kind of come and go. Cool. There's sort of core people that are in it. Um, and basically what we do is we do public art projects. They often center around sports, specifically basketball, but there are other sports, which is funny because mm-hmm. I'm, like, way not a sports person, even yeah. though I like exercising. Right, right. Um, and I didn't even like exercising until, like, two years ago. I right. totally hated right. it. Right. Um, but I think it's the, – the thing that really reaches me is the, the social justice angle, the reaching out – the sort of activism, public sp- engaging and activating public spaces, mm-hmm. working with the community. Um, that's like a really vague way of explaining it. But, you know, basically we do fiber art projects as a way to like connect to communities, empower totally. people, you know. Um, and so the show that we have right now is kind of just some visual art stuff that's part of just promoting the project. And we actually are going to have a couple of basketball nets that members made up at some elementary schools in the area, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Um, cool. yeah, so we kind of do, it's nice, it's nice to have an art group that I'm a part of that kind of yeah. keeps me engaged in the art scene, yeah. so that I can kind of do my own thing and not worry about trying to be, like, in galleries yeah. and stuff. Well, especially when your business is just you. Yeah. You know, it's like, just your little brain. Mm-hmm. What do you feel like are some of the hardest parts about running your own business, or... Hmm. staying fresh or feeling, you know, we've talked a little bit about the pressures of like capitalism and product development and like, what do you feel like are some of some challenges that you've run up against or how, how have you (sighs) overcome them? 
So my biggest challenge is usually me because I have a lot of, you know, I really work with a lot of self-doubt stuff and a lot of like my own weird, you know, my own stuff, my own stuff. And I get really hung up on, you know, something good enough. Are people going to like this? Does anybody care? Am I wasting my time? That's a pretty, pretty consistent dialogue. That's a pretty consistent Just to be real. Just to be real. Like that is on my mind constantly. Yeah. And, but I also, I think the thing that keeps me going is, one, I, you know, I try to, like, have a practice, like, I have, like, an active sort of self-care practice that I do, and, and, like, part of it is just, like, that makes it okay to do that is, like, my own things that I have for myself, and then also just trying to remind myself of, like, why I do it. Yeah. And the biggest thing is like I always feel the most reinforced by teaching classes because it's such a direct interaction and there's such a like the response is really immediate. Like when I sell right. a pattern, it goes to someone's house. I have no idea if they open it, if they ever sew right. it. If they like it, if they think right. it's garbage, like I have no idea right. <laughs> unless people tell me. So Totally. Um and I actually, you know, I have people who test the patterns and they're fabulous and amazing and super helpful and um but at the same time, it's like kind of I'm kind of always creating in a bubble, which is really challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and and also, I have no business background or experience whatsoever. I have like an art degree, and I right. barely passed math in high school. Right. And like, Same-sies. you know, I just like I figured out how to do my own taxes, and right. like I learned how to use Excel a couple years ago, and that made a really sure. big difference. Yeah. Um, and I, I've definitely had a lot of hang-ups that just come from the fact that I don't have that business experience, right. you know? I didn't right. do any, like, I don't even know what the word for it is. I was going to say, like, the thing where you, like, market research. Like, I didn't do any market research. Right. Like, right. I don't even know what right. that is. Right. <laughs> I just make things that I like that I think other right. people will like. Right. Um, it seems to be working okay. Yeah, so I yeah. think so. Yeah. Um, so, but it is, you know, it's really, it's, it's really challenging yeah. running your own business, especially if you're not... If you're not like trained, you don't have Especially the if you like, have like a BFA in dancer or art, art. yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, <laughs> but in the yeah. in the yeah. same still trying to figure it out. But like in an encouraging direction, like at the same time, I feel like the fact that I come from an art background, I have the problem solving yes. capacity Absolutely. to make things work in a way that maybe someone with yes. a business background wouldn't. Or someone with a business background at this point might have looked at Half Company or Blueprints for Sewing and just kind of been like. Not going to work. <laughs> yeah, like, eh, really kind of pretty low number in the bank account yeah, there. Like, yeah. But I'm like, hi, sorry, my life is filled with joy and yeah, abundance and totally. prosperity, even if I have a couple hundred dollars today, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. In, in total, you know, to my name. And it's like, you know, that's, totally. yeah, sure, maybe that, like, as a business model doesn't work. And I'm also still trying to understand how to commoditize my gifts and like what I do and what the store does. And, you know, that's beyond just selling a a product, but, um, and as, yeah, but yeah, I think somebody with a business degree, if, if somebody was trying to run this place as a business, it would have closed. Why the fuck would you keep this place open? (laughs) You know what I mean? If you're trying to run like a cool hangout spot where people's lives change, I think I'm doing that pretty good. Absolutely. I think my BFA in dance is why that works. Yeah. Glad we do these podcasts. Totally. I figure so much out. I know, out. right? I know. It's like, I hey. should just start recording all of my conversations. Yeah. And being like, well, podcast episode. Dude, conversations are powerful. It's been suggested to me. I should probably just do it. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, so like, so the business thing, you know, it's just like, you kind of do your best and mm -hmm. you take it one day at a time. Mm -hmm. Um, the other thing that has been the, like basically the coolest thing mm -hmm. ever. And I encourage anybody who's trying to start some sort of business or has mm -hmm. a project. Mm -hmm. I recently totally serendipitously, yeah. it just magically happened yeah. with two other people that uh. I'm friends with. Uh. We decided to form like an accountability business group, Whoa. which is the coolest. And if you have <laughs> anyone in your life who also has a creative business, uh -huh. And I know you've done like dinners for business yeah. women yeah, and stuff. So like, mm -hmm. but we but we set up this thing. Yeah. Which if you're into like consistency yeah. meetings, yeah. groups, yeah. stuff like yeah. that, it's the best. What do you do? So tell us all about it. Basically, it's really cool. We one month like it's I think we do like second Monday of the month. Okay. We meet. Each person gets an hour to talk about their projects and get feedback from the other members of the group. We have like a social hour. An where we hour. Eat food. Yeah. So it's like an all day thing. Yeah, it's an all day thing. Okay. So it's a big. How many people are there? Three. Oh, okay. So if it's a Not small group, it, it works yeah, pretty right, well. Right. But I think probably up to five people would okay. still be pretty cool. Sure. Um, so we meet and we talk, and we just, like, talk to each other about our lives uh -huh. and, like, our stuff that's yeah. going on. So yeah. it's, like, kind of a, like, friend advice yeah. Yeah. thing. And then we just show each other the work that we're working yeah. on. Yeah. And we give feedback and talk about it. And even just, like... Especially when you're when you have your own business and it's just one person, just have someone else be like, "That's a good idea." Right, right. It's like the most empowering thing ever. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. it's like otherwise I'm like, "What am I doing?" You could even, or we could even have it be like a like a hub where there's like lots of little groups. Yeah, and then once a month, all the groups meet. Meet, yeah, and do like a ten minute. And I thought of Update this... Update or something. This is, like, a thing that exists and has existed for a really long time. Like, right. my mother-in-law does this, and uh -huh. it's, like, a... But it's for, like, all businesses. She's got, sure, like, accountants sure. and, like, right, barbers right, and, like, right. bakers and right, stuff. Right. Um, so it's, like, a it's a system that's been around forever. Mm -hmm. And it just, like, we just meet every Monday. And then what we do is we do a check-in email every Monday, which I forgot to do yesterday because okay. I'm... Okay. I, but I need to do yeah, so. Yeah. But I think they forgot to do it, too. But okay, it's okay. Right. Check-in um, email every Monday. Check-in email, like, or whatever your weekday is. You just sure, do sure, a check-in. Sure. Like and just Mondays, be like, like hey, quick question about this. Yeah, yeah, You know? Yeah. And the other thing is we... Every month that we meet that Monday, uh -huh, we uh -huh. set a goal for the next meeting. Oh, my gosh. And it can be really little brilliant. or it it's can brilliant. be really big. Like, my right. goal for last Monday was release a pattern. Right, you know? right, 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 right. Huge, huge. But that's really cool, and I found that yeah. to be, like, man, just having, like, a couple other yeah. people that, like, aren't your partner or your friend who doesn't know totally. about your business. Yes. You know, it's, like, someone yeah. who is also has a creative yeah. business and, like, yeah. you know, is, like, a good... I love Bad that. I've ideas. definitely had, like, even just, like, little group texts with a yeah. few other sh store owners, oh, which has really been nice. helpful. And we're, yeah. we're like, do you ever have this thing happen? Yeah. And sometimes it's just to vent a little bit, but a lot yeah, of times totally. it's, like, just solution-oriented things where one person asks, and it would have taken me seven hours to figure out yeah. by myself, yeah, yeah. and then the other person responds, and it's like, oh, okay, that just literally yeah. saved me hours. Yeah. Like, now I just know how to do you're... this thing, so. Yeah, absolutely. And it's hard, I think, when you are kind of coming from this angle of like teaching yourself everything yeah, and it can be absolutely. hard on the other side when somebody comes to me for advice and I'm mm -hmm. like well I want to give it to you but mm -hmm. I also like worked really hard to figure it out on my own and yeah. so I like the accountability <laughs> thing because it's like everybody's yeah trading, kind of and... and I feel like you know it's interesting I've been pretty 
I've been pretty impressed to see that in the pattern make in the mm-hmm. pattern design mm-hmm. world, the mm-hmm. indie pattern mm-hmm. world, mm-hmm. it's really nice. There's a lot of sharing and yeah. transparency, yes. which yes. I feel like is probably the same with small yeah. like boutiques and stuff. Yes. It's like you you kind of have to in or order for you, you all to exist. When somebody doesn't, you know that maybe they're not your people. Yeah, without judgment. Yeah, yeah. To just totally. be like, okay, if you're not like a knowledge sharer or yeah. you like are having your own thing that is yeah. more businessy than what I yeah, meant to, yeah. you know, it's like good to just know. So. I think it's good to, I mean, it's good to make money and it's good to have, right. support yourself. Right. It's right. good to make a living. Right. But at the same time, it's like sharing is also yeah. really important. Yeah. Karma's good. It helps you stay alive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, um, the last question mm-hmm. of the Half Company podcast, every episode is what are you excited about? Um, with kind of the idea that it's maybe like a book or a movie mm-hmm. or a podcast or a TV show or something that you maybe discovered that you're like, I have to tell the people how excited I am about this thing. Okay. Um, I like d- actually thought about this yeah. before cause I knew that you're going to ask it and I still don't know what I'm going to say. Cause I'm it's excited beautiful. about a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But if we're thinking about like a, a like a, like a thing or like a sure. media thing. Or a club. Yeah. I'm, well, actually, I think maybe one of the things that if it hadn't come up in conversation yeah. that I yeah. would have said I was yeah. excited about yeah. is my, like, business babes group. Yes, yes. Because we, good. it's, like, been so awesome. Cool. And I encourage anybody else to do that. Yeah. And the other thing I'm really excited about is quilting. Yay! <laughs> cool. Awesome. Are you going to make some quilts? Some bed quilts? Yes. I have a couple bed cool. quilts in progress. Nice. And are you hand quilting or machine quilting? I'm maybe both. Oh, yeah, a little mix. mix. Any last words for the people? No, this was really lovely, and... I I just had my life... I just shifted my life. I love having conversations I just seriously... (laughs) You know, something different happens to me in every podcast. Sometimes I become really tranquil. Sometimes I cry. Sometimes I laugh. But I just had, like, a whole, like, life shift happen. I'm just, like, inventions, inventions, inventions. I'm so happy. (laughs) I'm so happy, too. Yeah, it's been... Yeah, it's been... And, you know, I've kind of been in this, like, sad sadness phase. So I feel like I'm just, like... Burrowing out, yeah, into idea land. Get up into the world. Here we are, people. We're getting up into the world. Awesome. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.